0: It's okay. We're together again for an excitingly new episode of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. With me, as always, is John, and I, as always, am Josh. John, what is even for you to do today for us to talk about?
1: Oh, man. Yeah. What I am for us to do today is to review a fine, fine film. A part two, we're revisiting a glorious franchise that we uh, began very early on in the run of the show, I believe it was our second episode, and uh, we are revisiting the Basket Case franchise, and we are digging into 1990s Basket Case Dose. Yes!
0: This many! (laughs) (laughs) Dose! (laughs) <laughs> a great joke on video, a terrible joke on audio. Uh, <laughs> listeners, we, last time was our anniversary episode and we didn't really do anything for it other than review the movie, The Pit, which you guys have resoundingly decided to not listen to. And that's cool. Um, but we were like, you know what, uh, what we need to do to, we, we talked about it after the episode. We were like, we really need to um, make sure that for our second year of Lowe's, some things we want to incorporate uh more more movies directed by people of color by by women by by lgbtq uh, individuals um but not yet instead no. let, let's just do frank hennenwater some more
1: <laughs> let's just go right back to our bread and butter <laughs>
0: <Yes>. <laughs> and butter our bread will it ever john this movie is delightful it is i love it it's not great no but it is so enjoyable.
1: <laughs> it really is enjoyable.
0: <laughs> Let's see. Uh so Frank Henlauder filmed this movie at the same time as he was filming Frankenhooker. Yes. They just filmed it hand in hand. This one came out first. He actually filmed this movie because he was talking to like the the like studio guy, the executive guy, and he was pitching him movie ideas. And he came up with frankenhooker on the spot the guy was like well what kind of a movie would you want to do And he was like oh i don't know uh uh and he came up with frankenhooker that way and the guy was like ha 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 that's excellent what else and he was like oh shit i have to come up with another movie i just (laughs) came up with a whole movie so he was like well i guess we could do basket case too and thus we get this gem and the guy
1: was like, let's do both. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> yes, let's do both movies.
0: <laughs> so yeah, this this movie is, I I for to like it a lot. I don't know what to say about it. We're trying something a little different. Instead of telling you all this dumb actor trivia all at the beginning in a lump, we're going to stitch it in uh clumsily along the way folks so get get your uh uh hoist your baskets I don't know
1: I lost yeah, a thing there I, yeah, yeah. Hoist, you know, hoist hoist thine basket
0: hoist thine basket John do you have anything that you would like to say to the people before we begin diving into the spoilerificus Maximalius
1: of this movie? I can't think of anything specific. Uh I'm excited to talk about this bucket of latex (laughs) (laughs) yes the the
0: the old chewing gum of cinematography man (laughs) yes so go out there watch the movie before you listen to us or don't it doesn't super matter also it's so readily available all all over the place so digitally remastered i don't know why this hasn't gotten a blu-ray but it definitely needs one maybe it has and i just didn't look for blu-rays
1: yeah, the version I saw uh, had uh, was on a free streaming service. I wonder which one that would be. Uh-huh. It had Portuguese subtitles.
0: Yeah, Portuguese! <laughs> <sighs> yes, the, for, for all of the uh, Coffin Joe fans that want to watch a Basket Case movie, that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> you are now hooked up.
0: There you go. All right, so go watch it or not, and then come back and we'll talk about it and you're back oh my uh, welcome back <laughs> so the movie opens with a recap of uh the first movie because you know this movie came out what like nine eight or nine years later and no yeah. one remembered they were just like man vaguely like to go see basket case too sure so we get a lot of dumb news footage that's fake and not real looking after we see the scene of Dwayne and Belial dangling from the Hotel Broslin sign and, and falling to their squishy deaths but not really um we even get a uh, um Beverly Bonner from, mm-hmm. from the first movie from Casey. She shows up as a witness as, as like uh, the, the news people are interviewing her and, and she is 10 years older, but it yep. is supposed to be that same day. Yep. And man has her hair gone to town.
1: <laughs> her hair has has de- de- developed a life all its own. Yes. <laughs> uh, trying to compete with Dwayne in the first movie.
0: Yes. Dwayne in this movie, famously less extreme of hair.
1: Famously less extreme of hair, also 10 years older looking. Oddly,
0: oddly got a
1: haircut while in the hospital. (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: Uh, One of the things that I think is great about this movie is Dwayne looks so different. uh, Beverly Bonner looks so different. And Belial looks so very different from shot to shot.
1: (laughs) Yes, sometimes Belial is just a big hunk of latex. Sometimes... Belial is a costume of latex put over a human person's face. Um, and, and, d- who can say which Belial one might get?
0: Indeed. Uh, did you uh, did you happen to notice whose face uh, Belial was smashed over?
1: It looked like Dwayne.
0: It is. It's Kevin Van Hentendrick in those few scenes. It's just like, well, yeah, he's the twin, so let's just smash a Belial around his head and make him do bad teeth.
1: He's pretty great in this movie, I have to say. His camp, his campiness, and like just how over the top is is just super entertaining.
0: It, it is. This is this is somewhere in a glorious space between like Charles Band and um, and uh, shit. What's the Lloyd Kaufman brand? Uh, oh, Troma. trauma. Yeah. Yeah. It's right in between there and it just hits the sweet spot of everything
1: amazing. It's a bandwich. Oh no! (laughs) I just dropped a link in me trow! (laughs) Uh,
0: And so uh, all of this news footage is going on and we are treated to uh, Annie Ross as Granny Ruth um, and her... Ward granddaughter? I forget what exactly. Uh Susan is also there, played by Heather Rattray. Uh uh Annie Ross, you would probably know, because I know you know this listener. She is a uh was a famous jazz singer from the trio Lambert Hendrix, and Ross. Oh man, uh, that's my favorite. Oh, so good. They actually were like super like a big deal and played with like Louis Armstrong and Nita Simone and uh. And um, she even, she started her own music venue where people would play, kind of a big deal. And then she started her movie (laughs) career where she was in Throw Mama from the Train. She was in Fabrizio Laurenti's Witchery, which also starred Linda Blair. And she provided the speaking voice for Britt Eklund's character, Willow, in Robin Hardy's The Wicker Man. That's because right. Because that lady could not talk
1: English good. That's right. I, that that That's right. She did do that. That's amazing. Yes.
0: But even more amazing than that, uh, even though she was Britt Eklund's speaking voice in that movie, if you'll remember, there is a singing part in that movie. That is
1: not Annie Ross. They were like, Annie Ross, please do the talking. Do not sing. Do not sing because you're a famous singer, also the nudie scenes with Britt e- Brit Eckland also not Britt Eckland oh really yeah she she pretty much didn't do anything in that movie Wow. <laughs> yeah. they,
0: they had to have four people play Britt Eckland <laughs> it's pretty amazing that is that is intense what a what what a treatment <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen the, like, really old Arnold Schwarzenegger movies before they would let him speak in movies and they have people's voices dubbed over him? It's just so uncomfortable.
1: I think we should go over here.
0: I like that some director was like, you know what no one will ever like? Listening to
1: Arnold Schwarzenegger talk. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, by the way, I just want to add when they're when they're doing the interviews, like the news, the news clips and stuff, there's this footage of this doctor. And it's like, he's like, the sweatiest doctor, like he's completely like mopping his brow and like very nervous and just, I just love that guy. He's so ridiculous.
0: Yes. I will say that there is like a special place in hell for fake news footage from horror comedy movies. And it is spectacular. Like oh. they always do everything over the
1: top. <laughs> it's so good.
0: <laughs> um, uh, we see that Dwayne and Belial survived the fall and are recuperating in a hospital. Um, at this hospital, there is a policeman who is played by Brian Fitzpatrick, who would go on to play an LAPD officer in 24 episodes of Punked, and perhaps more relevant to our Star Trek fans in the audience, he played a Kyrian rebel leader named Tedran in a 1998 episode of Star Trek Voyager, and he is in here... Uh, specifically to flirt with a snooty nurse and then get his face ripped off. <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, This movie repeatedly refers to faces being ripped off. We only actually get to see a face ripped off twice, I want to say.
1: Yeah, and even then we kind of just see the after effects of the ripping. Yeah, yeah you don't you don't get mid-rip no. Uh-huh.
0: Uh, but i do want to throw out this is this is a fun little other easter egg for a thing that i keep referring to that you don't have a way of knowing about uh the special effects in this movie were done by gabe bartolos oh Mm -hmm. oh Oh, i don't
1: know who that is
0: um he might have directed a movie that we reviewed
1: but have not released oh gabe bartolos did that yeah, is it Bartolos? Bartolos? I don't. Know. I don't know. How come I don't remember that name? That's weird. Uh, it was a long time ago. Oh, he made that one. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was like one of his two directorial credits. Huh. And that wasn't that 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 long ago, actually. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Huh. Nope. Okay. Yeah, hey, I guess that yeah, was him. Yeah, wasn't it? Wow, that's crazy. I didn't even catch yeah. that.
0: Yeah, I I just uh, it's because there there is uh, dear listeners there is a the making of the basket case trilogy, hmm. it's available in the same place where you can find watching this movie with Portuguese subtitles, and uh, it's pretty great. Go watch it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, hey, I, I haven't seen it. I need to watch it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's good. Um, let's see. So Belial we see psychically controls Dwayne's body so that they can make an escape from the hospital. There's lots of weird footage of Belial like through the like hospital bed bars where his face looks fuzzy and weird, and there's like a green glow on him or something. It's, yeah. The 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 special effects in this movie are neat but super inconsistent and just yeah. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and after after they escape the hospital, they're picked up by Granny and Susan. The way that we learn that uh, Belial is controlling Dwayne is that uh, they pull up in a van. Granny Ruth gets out and she's like, Dwayne? Dwayne? And he doesn't turn around and then she goes, Belial? And Dwayne turns around and he's like,
1: eh. It's so like, it's so ridiculous. He's got like his leg in a cast and he can't walk. I'm... It's so stupid. And they pull up in this rape van. And it's like, oh God.
0: there's this whole scene where he's like getting uh trying to get a disguise so he gets some injured old man's uh masturbation trench coat (laughs) and puts that on over his like bandages and stuff but even his head is still hugely bandaged and there's like blood coming out of the bandage and then he's just walking around in that trench coat with a with like a janitorial cart it's like oh yeah that guy can leave the hospital it's fine (laughs)
1: Yeah, no problem.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but part of that, part of the whole shtick of that is there's lots of cop business with uh, cops getting upset at being bribed by a news reporter lady. There is also a cop that's just like, I forget if he's asleep or if he's just watching TV. So like, he's just, you see him, he, he kills one police officer, and then he just
1: manages to walk past all of the others. It's so ridiculous like he, he's so inconspicuous he's like 800 <laughs> feet tall by the way he's like he's about a foot taller than he was in the last movie oh yeah
0: yeah He's he's gotta be wearing pumps or something in this one I guess maybe it's just I don't know his hair or something is
1: doing he, it I don't he, know I think he just was so young in the first film that he's actually a grown ass man by the time they made this one <sighs> I guess
0: so he must have had that final growth spurt 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 um let's see we um he wakes up he wakes up surrounded by scary mask people and he's like whoa it goes back to sleep wakes up again and now Granny Ruth and Susan are hovering over him and telling him all kinds of business it turns out that Granny Ruth knew their aunt and that they talked about Belial and Dwayne all the time and that they like collaborated on stuff we get all kinds of hints about like The fact that she was uh, uh, what she was called like uh, the freak lady or something like that. This movie is real fast and loose with the word freak. Um, It's a little troubling. Part of the part of the thing that they were going for with the with the inhabitants of this house were obviously things that real people were never afflicted with like that. These are like fantastical versions of deformities, yeah. but it's still a house full of people with physical deformities and calling them freaks all of the time. And they even like call out the name of one particular syndrome in there. It's really weird and a little bit troublesome.
1: Yeah. It's, it's for a movie that, that seems to really focus on the, the, Identity and the individuality of people, regardless of their appearance, their appearance is really, really important in this movie. (laughs) Yes, and so much so that Lauder instructed the the special effects guy to make them look as cartoonish as possible. And boy, he really took up that challenge.
0: Oh man, it's so good.
1: I believe there's a character whose name is man with 27 noses.
0: Yes. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's one of the lumpy faced guys and he's just like, got a, just, just an array of not noses sticking out of like one side of his face. And then it wraps all the way around the back of his head.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so wrong. You, you have yeah. to, you have, even if you don't watch the movie, please go online and look at the makeup effects. Cause they're aside from maybe the, the, I forget his name, Madman something or other. Uh, makeup effects for the film Society. Have you seen mm-hmm. Society? <laughs> mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm, Chef Chef's kiss.
0: There are scenes in this movie that are very Society esque.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Society takes the, takes the prize, but but the the effects in this are they're they're fun i mean they're very imaginative but yeah the, you know if you were say somebody born with a physical deformity who spent your life being considered weird uh and teased and taunted by the people around you i don't think you're going to feel much of a kinship with these people i mean yeah they're not really presented uh, in a in a nice light yeah
0: yeah it's strange he was he was definitely trying to he was trying to not be directly disrespectful to, mm-hmm. to people with physical deformities, but yeah. it they, was 1990 and, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he, I, yeah, he wants you to, he does want that, he does want you to be on their side, and you are. I mean, you know, you do kind of root for him, oh, I yeah. guess. Um, just because everyone else in the movie is so fucking deplorable. <laughs>
0: that's amazing
1: (laughs) Frank Hennenlotter he he definitely has a sense of humor and that's a big part of this film even more so than the first Um, but but that is one misanthropic motherfucker that dude
0: oh man it is he is very entertaining his career is very entertaining what he has decided to do and not do is just really interesting yes um Sometimes troublesome, sure, but you know what?
1: It really seems like he's doing some of it from a place of love. I don't know, and I think he, I think he had a, you know, a pretty good, a pretty good idea of what people would find entertaining. I mean, it, this stuff is entertaining. You know? Yeah,
0: it's it's great.
1: <laughs> it, it has its issues, sure, but it is it is a lot of fun. I held my wife sat through most of this with me. She she came in and she was like. What the fuck are you watching? Yeah. 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 She sat down and, man, she was like, at one point I I paused it and I said, well, you don't, we don't have to watch this. We can watch something else. I'll finish this later. And she's like, no, no way. I want to see what happens. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, let's play it.
0: My girlfriend came in at the uh, most shunting of scenes and like walked in while that was happening. And she was just like, that is really weird. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You are not wrong. <laughs> She's observant,
1: that girl. <laughs>
0: <sighs> um, let's see. Uh, Granny Ruth has gotten Belial a replacement basket, which is the exact identical one. Apparently that uh, they, um, for, for filming this, one of the, the people that had to like get stuff Had a hard time finding exact baskets, and in addition to getting exact baskets, they had to get a bunch of them because each basket had to be destroyed in Uh. a special way for different shots. Yeah. So he had to like source like ten of this identical basket over and over again, and he said it was more expensive than it should have been. (laughs) I went online. I was like, you know what? I want a basket that looks exactly like that. After minimal searching, I was not able to find one. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he bought them all. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, uh, so now, now they're all getting to be happy together. Granny Ruth is obviously a good person, and Susan is there, and Belial likes them, and Dwayne is okay with the
1: situation
0: and present yeah he is present
1: (laughs) (laughs) and it is time to meet the family time to meet the family oh my god so we get this tour of this family the 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 freaks that are kept in the attic um because they're you know they they're free to be who they are here and live with pride, <laughs> and not be treated different than anyone else, so they're sequestered in a fucking attic. With, <laughs> it's in the oh. dark. <laughs> yep. It's like, okay, whatever. So the first one we meet is Lorenzo, who is um, basically just a giant clamshell head, uh, just full of teeth. And, like, the 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 top jaw folds, and one of the teeth actually curls around the fold. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, Lorenzo's big peculiarity aside from his appearance is his absolutely just beautiful opera voice. I mean, delightful. Granny Ruth is beside herself. She convinces him to sing a little and then just walks away while he's singing. <laughs> it shows She's like, Oh, it's so okay, let's go look at the and next we're guy. done there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're done with that freak.
0: Yeah, for the so entire
1: rest of the movie.
0: He he's literally yeah. just there for the one gag that he's a beautiful opera singer.
1: Yeah, never even see him again. Yep. <laughs> and then we move on to Anise, who is the resident poet. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, I don't even really know what's going on with her makeup. She's like ghoulish, kind of like ghostly white with black sunken eyes and is that the one? Yeah, and her head is, like, three feet tall with, like, long white hair hanging down. I think it's supposed to be, like, bones.
0: Like, I think it's supposed to be, like, uh, a huge, huge, like, two or three bones just sticking up out of her head. And she's... It's pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah, she's the resident poet. And you would think, you know, uh, we, we just got Lorenzo has a beautiful singing voice. Then they introduce yeah. her, and she's the resident poet.
1: No poetry. Oh lay some lines on us baby no no,
0: probably for the best they probably like had a thing where she did a horrible poem and they were like no get it out of there
1: (laughs) they probably had that that scene probably originally went on for an hour and a half so that we could see the special talent of each member of the attic
0: yes because it is a little bit weird she's like all right time to meet the family here's three of them everyone else doesn't matter (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Which is exactly what happens. She goes on to Frederick, who is the the gigantic one, who has like one eye up high and another eye down low, big fat lips, and a massive purple jacket. Yeah. Which okay, whatever. And he's the introverted one. He's super shy and very sweet. And he's that's the sweetheart. Mm-hmm. He's hard to um, understand. No, hard to understand. We're not getting any talents out of no. him, so just fuck. Fuck that! He
0: just cares, and then we,
1: yeah, he just cares a lot. Yeah. He cares a yeah. lot, and then uh, we meet Eve, the mysterious green-eyed woman. I guess you would call her hidden in under a blanket. You know, I'd say roughly Blile sized, <laughs> right? I mean, you know. in, in that ballpark. Yeah. yeah, which which makes you wonder. I guess there's classes of freakism, and yeah. she's. The Baliley type. I don't know. It's really. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, and she likes to.
0: It's not important. She likes to hide inside a blanket like a cat during a thunderstorm.
1: Exactly. Yeah, she's very shy. Very. She's in this weird crib with like surgical tubing on the edge and little tanks and shit, like the stainless steel crib that's all like a like a paternal a maternity crib or something. Um, it's whatever, and then there's a, there's a whole host of other ones that she doesn't bother introducing. But there's, you know, there's there's just there's one that has a head that looks like a giant mouse's head with no hair on yeah. it. And there's the twenty seven nose guy, and the guy with the blobby tumors all over his face, yeah. and then the guy with the 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 piano keyboard the distorted piano keyboard of teeth it's, it's so
0: good it's just this huge increasing in size fan of teeth what is what is that like golden ratio or whatever of yeah it, it, and it's just like it starts over on the right side of his mouth and each tooth gets longer and it's, uh, it's amazing i saw that guy what the first time i saw it i was like that
1: is that is just great It looks like the keys to Willy Wonka's favorite organ. (laughs) It's fucked up. So, oh man. But, anyways, so, you know, so we see all these people or whatever they are. And then uh, now we switch over to a tabloid style newspaper office. Uh, The newspaper is called Judge and Jury, America's bravest newspaper.
0: (laughs) Because Frank is amazing. (laughs)
1: i love i love him the the editor's name is lou and he's talking to uh uh, marcy the his reporter marcy he wants he wants you know more to the story about dr freak and Dwayne, and the you know he's talking talking to marcy about how you know yeah i did a story about them once uh west she had a freak commune and uh so apparently she ran a freak commune yeah. out west for a while, Granny What Ruth. a cool
0: lady. I've got to interject here. Lou, the editor, is played by Jason Evers. Uh He yes. is famous. He was Dr. Bill Cortner in Joseph Green's The Brain That Wouldn't Die. And it was yes. one of the movies that got me into, like, hooked on horror movies. And this is hey, his hey, hey. final fir- film appearance before he uh, decided, wow, I am done with movies.
1: Isn't that yeah? That's crazy. By the way, did you catch the poster on the wall? Uh, not poster, but like they, you know, they have framed like headline front page. Yeah, like headline pages from the from the paper. And there's one on the wall that says, uh, "Oh God, what does it say?" It, it says, uh, "I thought I wrote it down." It says something like, "Woman saves," you know. Oh, it, it's yeah. a reference to it's it's a, it's a reference to the nice ma- to the brain that wouldn't die. Yeah, to the brain that wouldn't die. Like woman saves woman with undying brain saves man, or something like that. It's it's amazing. Yes. Oh my god.
0: I I had I have a DVD of that movie that I got from the dollar store because they had misprinted it, and it said the Brian that wouldn't die. (laughs) The Brian that wouldn't
1: die. Oh my god. Oh, that's so fucking amazing. Oh, oh, that the headline the headline for the article is. Woman's severed head saves oh, lives. So good! I love that
0: they put yeah. that in there. <laughs> Isn't
1: that, that great? Is amazing! I know, I know, it's great. So, Marcy, Marcy's going to start doing some reporting, and so she calls up uh, this guy that runs a freak show. Uh, his name's Lyle Barker. Get it, Barker? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do it? What? Ooh. The hundred smackaroos. Yeah,
0: no, the uh, um, who who
1: Lyle Barker is played by. Oh, Lyle Barker is played by um, the absolutely fucking incredible Jan Saint. He is. He's amazing. I love him. He he was the wino in Crocodile Dundee. He was the street uh, street hooker, street preacher in Frankenhooker. Uh, He was Santa Claus in Jacob's Ladder, which is amazing. And uh in the nineteen eighty-four classic Chud, uh made by one Douglas cheek, <laughs> he plays a bum in the street, yes. Which probably wasn't probably wasn't much of a stretch for him. <laughs> he kind of get a running theme on his uh on his roles. <laughs> much like much much like playing a carnival parker. <laughs> yes. In a gray onesie. I, I yes. In a stained gray onesie that was probably once white. Oh. He's got one of those like sores that never heal on the top of his head. That is clearly real. Yes. It's just... His teeth are all gross and his lips are like curved in. Cause he clearly is missing most of his teeth. He is amazing. He's fucking, he is the best. I God bless Lyle Barker. Um, <laughs> and so <laughs> Marcy calls him up and, and he's basically giving her a load of shit about how he has the freak twin. And, you know, as part of his show and, she offers him a hundred dollars to uh, to come, you know, to see this or whatever. And she was gonna interview him. And she gets off the phone, fo- they get off the phone and he's all excited. He's like,
0: a hundred smackeroos, a hundred smackarees. <laughs> Clapping his hands, he's like, oh wow.
1: <laughs> Just beautifully overacting. Oh, it's fantastic. And then then Right after that happens, Granny Ruth shows up. So of course he thinks he thinks that she's the reporter, and he's like, "Damn, that was fast." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What the? How does? Okay, so those two things. Why do they happen at the exact same time to make it just to propel the story forward? Yes, yeah.
0: but but just good enough because you know, good yeah.
1: enough. <laughs> but it could happen. It's not impossible. He even says, "Wow, that was fast." <laughs> yeah. So he gives her the gray onesie tour of the freak show and he's showing her around and he gets to the, to the, what he thinks is area, you know, you know, what he's claiming is the Belial thing. And it's, it's, it's this big, gigantic skeleton that's like made out of styrofoam. <laughs> it just looks, it looks so fake. And she basically calls him out on it. And, you know, she's like, well, it, first of all, actually, I have to go yep. back. I love when you first see his carnival. And it looks like they put his carnival in somebody's backyard. It's just like a patch of grass and then like this lit mini micro carnival just in the middle of a yard. Yeah,
0: it looks like someone draped a carnival curtain over like a firework stand.
1: <laughs> it's so bizarre. <laughs> and I like that he's, he when she questions him about the skeleton because it's ridiculously huge, it's impossible that it could be Belial's skeleton. His explanation is acromegaly. <laughs> acro. Megaly. Emphasis on the Meg.
0: <laughs> yes. An actual <laughs> symptom that afflicts people and, and causes abnormal growth of, like, the hands and face and stuff. It's like, oh, why yeah. are we doing that?
1: <laughs> yeah, let's just rub it in. Uh, so she basically calls him out, yells at him, threatens him, you know, and and leaves. And then he's yelling at himself, referring to himself as trash, long- laughing scum. <laughs> She keeps saying over and over, he's just darling. I just love him. And then he he gets uh beliled. Yep. She faded. She she leaves the
0: basket in there for him. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. what's that? And, and gets all Belialed. He
1: gets spring beliled.
0: One of the things that <laughs> thinking back on it now is weird. Whenever she's whenever she was introducing all of the family members in the attic, she specifically talked about where they came from you know like she uh the the poet came to me of uh, heard of my work and came of my own accord and then what was it uh uh frederick she had to purchase from his parents and mm. she even was like that's right like, yes purchase and and all of this stuff and then he does the same thing with all of these like weird sideshow attractions and his ears like i found this one in my field uh this one got shot and crawled here and uh (laughs) like it's like whoa they're the same person
1: (laughs) yeah pretty much but she's judging him which i think is great it's like okay he's just
0: making props and she's like chicken wire this is disgusting
1: emphasis on the Meg. (laughs) So he gets totally beliled and then Marcy uh, Marcy comes back to to uh, not comes back, but she arrives because she's going to, you know, interview him quote unquote. So she shows up at the place. It's all quiet, trashed. She's looking around and she discovers Lyle stuffed in the freak tank and he's all bloodied and faces up against the glass and I guess he's still semi-alive because he startles her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) startles her and she runs away all repelled and just dis- disgusted and so that's the end of that and then uh now marcy is uh talking to her uh photographer co-worker Artie, who i just i ne- i i want this guy to die like so in- the second he shows up on screen i want him to die he's, he's horrible. just horrible yeah <laughs> he's constantly chewing gum with his mouth open and he's just a total douchebag and uh, anyway, so they're they're talking. They're gonna, you know, they want to go out to Staten Island and hit up the freak house, and uh, they they're hoping that they'll, you know, run into Dwayne because they suspect Dwayne's there and all this crap. And so they're having this big talk, and um, this is this is the scene where we first we have the first appearance of Jolt Cola. Oh man, so much Jolt Cola! There's a Jolt Cola can on her her desk. As it turns out. Uh, while Lauder was making both of these films, obviously he was working a lot, he discovered the joys of the extra caffeinated Jolt Cola, thus the Jolt, and uh, became like absolutely addicted to the stuff and been, managed to, to somehow finagle a, a sponsorship with Jolt Cola for the movie. Which anyone could pretty much figure out, since there's suddenly like jolt cola cans everywhere, yeah,
0: yeah. it's great,
1: <laughs> with the logo pointing at the camera all the time, yeah,
0: yeah, just and i i I love especially like later in the movie, there's a specific scene where there are tons of jolt cola cans, and they're all empty because all of them j- are empty, <laughs> like well, we're not gonna do this with full jolt cola cans,
1: just <laughs> <It'd> be stupid. <laughs> We need to get amped on Jolt. (laughs) Yeah, that stuff is terrible i love that um,
0: i love that one of the things that i liked about Artie is as soon as he starts working with marcy he starts like coming up with a new spin on things like his mm -hmm. he's basically coming up with additional sequels for basket case and it's great he's like what if there was actually a third twin and he's the one doing it or you know stuff like that i was like okay that's pretty cool dude
1: (laughs) i love his version of journalism which is just make up whatever you want and then just put it in the paper yeah like fox and stuff (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so she and Artie drive they drive out to Staten Island and then we cut over to Susan. Is it Susan? Yeah. Susan is in New York. Uh she's going to she's buying groceries and uh she runs into this this ridiculous, creepy Italian guy who's all like Hey, how you do? You wanna come back to my place? I'll make you a drink. Eh? I make you margarita <laughs> <laughs> And she's, you know, she's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Like, I'm not having anything to do with you. Fuck off! And so, she leaves, and he's like, eh, "Bitch!" <laughs> yeah. Just a totally useless scene. Yep. Um, Throw it just away. to remind you that people are terrible, just in case you forgot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This movie plays a, like you know how you know how New York people love to talk about New York and how yeah. New York, New York is yeah this one like we got that thing about staten island part of the reason that that Artie was like eager to tag along is he was like oh i love going to staten island and (laughs) and then there's this little one which is I, i feel like a stab at something and then later in the movie they're gonna say that i think her her apartment is in flushing and granny ruth goes figures and it's like it must be some sort of a new york joke for new york people to new york about and and it always makes me cringe a little when new york people new york about new york.
1: Yeah, my wife and I had that exact same conversation. I was like, what the fuck is the deal with Flushing Meadows? at like some terrible place <laughs> or some I mean, Flushing Meadows the tennis venue, but Flushing.
0: Yeah. Flushing Meadows. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. And uh it, like like everyone else in the entire world who doesn't live in New York doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> or have any idea what you're even talking about. <laughs> So back at the house, uh, uh, Susan unloads the groceries, we see the prominently featured bag of Doritos sticking right out of the top of the bag. Oh yeah. Thus the Frito-Lay, the thanking of Frito-Lay in the credits. And then the six pack of Jolt, which is just magically hovering over the top of the grocery bag as well. Which Dwayne takes out and like kind of like might as well just hold it at the camera, <laughs> and then he puts on the table. He's talking to Susan and and Granny Ruth and blah 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 whatever.
0: I like that it's a uh, it's the Doritos from back before Doritos figured out about flavoring, and so it's like back whenever Doritos just tasted like farts. <laughs> They're like, what if we made nacho cheese Doritos? And then they were like, oh, let's never make
1: regular Doritos ever again. Let's take a corn chip and cover it in cumin and salt. <laughs> <laughs> so it just, it tastes like pure salty fart. <laughs> so now Granny Ruth is is psychoanalyzing Belial. She goes into the playroom, which is just coated with like creepy dolls and weird shit and baskets everywhere with toys. And she's trying to find him and, Try, you know, trying to make friends with him and stuff. It's so ridiculous and predatory. Yeah, it's and, super icky. <laughs> so she she finally gets, you know, gets him to, to sit in front of her and she's talking to him and she gives him the great line, but she's trying to explain to him that, you know, that maybe he should settle down a little bit because, you know, Belial, ripping the faces off people may not be in your best interest. <laughs>
0: uh i love i love in this scene she's um she's doing the one-way telephone of like 1980s movies where it's like you, you say this you go on to say this and then you say this and it's it's every time it's below going <laughs> she's like oh and that
1: makes you feel insecure <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid <laughs> like he has his own language which is apparently just <laughs> frank cannon is a
0: genius <laughs> yes yes he is
1: Bonafide. fide
0: and now we get a kind of boring sequence of dwayne just kind of being in the house and and being with people he uh, accidentally uh walks in on the guy whose face is shaped like a moon uh like a like a like with a
1: penis on one end yeah
0: <laughs> and uh walks in on that guy in the bathroom and the guy's like hey he's like oh sorry and then he's going down one of the staircases while the like he- most heavy set of the ones is going up the other staircase and for a minute they like stop and look across at each other and that's a something. And, and then he uh, goes to talk to Susan. And apparently that was our like bit of evidence behind the fact that he doesn't feel like he is a freak anymore. Like he's just a normal person. And this is a great opportunity. Now that Belial has this new family that he can leave and not have to deal with this. And he can just enter society as some sort of uh, free naked man running around at night um and uh susan says that we're all the same flesh and she's like no no no, we're still we're still just like them and he's like you're not like them i'm not like them and she's like i'm like them and you're like them and uh that's a whole thing i'm sure that won't ever come up again nope (laughs) we get flashbacks to uh dwayne's dad talking to the doctors about like save dwayne i don't care about the other one you know the the one doctor doctor Cutting or whatever I, the,
1: oh yeah Dr. Cutter yeah
0: Dr Cutter doctor sticking needles into people uh, all of them uh talking about how she's not even sure that the other one is
1: human it's a flashback to a flashback yeah
0: and then it goes and it it, it we basically see the whole surgery again from the first movie including the really really poorly dubbed over v- uh voice acting part of it uh which is great. Like, I right. I would hate this if it had been anywhere else, but it's right here and it's this movie and it's perfectly timed. I loved seeing it again. Uh, did it way better than The Pit.
1: Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Jeez.
0: He goes, he tells Granny Ruth that he wants to leave and she's like, well, you have to break it to Belial. So he goes to tell Belial, he finds Belial in the attic and he's holding hands With Eve, the similarly sized one in a blanket, but uh, his hand is, you know, the gross Belial hand with the knobby fingers and and certain fingers missing. Eve's hand is like a a
1: good, good, smooth lady hand. A lovely lady hand. Speaking Speaking of smooth, we also get to see Dwayne's ass in a shot where he's... He's naked, checking out his scar. That's right.
0: Yeah, you had to. You had to get a little <laughs> bit of naked Dwayne in here. His scar looks pretty good in this movie. They did a good job on that. It's you know, like yeah, like crisscross bacon all along the side of his uh, torso.
1: Yeah, you can't quite see the seam all the way around like you usually can. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At this point, they he goes outside. With Belial and as they're leaving, there's a gargoyle uh, on top of like the covered porch on a like nice little like cottage home. There's a gargoyle up Mm. there, which is very out of place until it starts moving just one paw like this and its head up and down and cackles at them. Because apparently that's one of the uh, freak family members is a gargoyle that likes to perch outside of a house. And
1: apparently only
0: perches because we never see him any fucking where else. Yeah, that's his only spot. He's here right here. And then again, later he gets cake.
1: I also, that's right. hes eating. (laughs) I also like when when we see Belial holding hands with the Lady Belial, we, we pan past this character. In the in this little nook with the window, with like curtain over the window, so you kind of see him in silhouette, and he's he's he looks like um, Butterball from the Cenobites <laughs> <Yeah>. in Hellraiser <laughs> with the glasses. Yes, and he's he's reading to himself. He's reading a self help book and saying, "Every day, in every way, I am getting better yeah. <laughs> and better." It was pretty genius. Yeah, pretty good. And then there's
0: also, after, right after that, there's one that, like, is uh, just hanging out, and then he goes up to his, like, breathing apparatus to get some extra oxygen for no reason, and <laughs> that makes the right. joke fall entirely flat. It's like, what? Why is this happening now?
1: The one with a metal plate in his head. Yeah, and they just all fucking live in the attic. It's super not cool. In the dark where no one can see anything. With no furniture no nothing yeah. they're just huddled around in the dark yeah,
0: there's <laughs> just one or two doggy beds for people to sleep on if they don't
1: have torsos <laughs> just living their best life oh man
0: um and then so so dwayne and belial go out to some shed that never comes back into play but from our experience with horror movies nothing good ever happens in a shed no um <laughs> And he tells Belial all of his feelings about how he wants to run away with Susan and leave Belial here and about how he loves Susan. He thinks Susan cares about her and about how he can live his best life out there amongst the world. And then uh, Belial starts evil giggling at him and you get a close up. And this is the scene where they've they've shoved they've (laughs) shoved Kevin Van Hintenrick's face into a Belial mask and giving him Belial teeth, and it's just him down there going, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: laughing at Dwayne. yeah, for <laughs> laughing at him for thinking he could ever find love. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's such a pussy. What? I love that he he, he he spent like two minutes around Susan, and he's in love with her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What a what a pussy.
0: Yeah. At no point do we ever hear Susan say, "I would like to run away with you." Or even in any way be with you other than just hanging out around this
1: house. She says she likes him and, and actually says the exact opposite as far as, like, leaving. She's like, "I we can't leave. We're not leaving. Yeah, I'm one of these people. We are of the same flesh. That's
0: not a creepy <laughs> yeah. way to phrase it. Not at all. <laughs> Marcy comes to, to visit the house and she's talking to Granny Ruth and Susan and just then Dwayne... Uh, Walks in carrying Belial in a basket. This is after <laughs> Granny Ruth had said, "There's nothing here that can interest you," and she also said, "Even if they were in the next room, I wouldn't tell you." It's like, come on, Granny Ruth, you,
1: you're doing oh, a thing. What uh, a card!
0: <laughs> but uh, but they like come up with an excuse. She's like, "Oh yes, this is the neighbor boy David who does groceries." <laughs> It's so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and so Marcy's like, oh, "Okay, thank you." She goes out to her car. Artie's there. They talk about how oh, I'm pretty sure that was them, and this is gonna be big. And he's like, "Oh yeah, we should bring it to Lou." And she's like, "Fuck Lou, this is going to make our careers. We're gonna get in. I think she said like People Magazine.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, oh, we're gonna get yeah. seven figure book covers. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're gonna th- we're gonna be involved in the movie deal. We're gonna get." <laughs> cover in People magazine. That's just the most 1990 anything has ever been said. <laughs> Fucking made it. Oh man. <laughs> it's so stupid. And so uh their plan is that they're going to like come back and get evidence and take photographs and and just just bust this story wide open. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, it's really really great for them oh man stupid (laughs) so granny and susan and Dwayne are doing some damage control they're kind of talking about the situation and Dwayne, you know lets granny know that i just i just want to live normal life i'm gonna leave i'm gonna take belial with me i'm outsy i'm (laughs) outy and it's just ridiculous and she she basically talks him out of it and you know like convinces him that that there's nowhere for them to go and you know there's no reason for him to stay because Belial is happy here and all this bullshit. And and then he he basically says, you know, I won't leave until everyone is safe, until you and Susan and Belial and Piano Teeth and Clam Jaw and Twenty Seven Noses <laughs> and Butterball and fucking giant guy and and <laughs> it's like. Okay, whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah. He has this whole like Luke Skywalker moment where he's like, "But if they're if they're tracking the droids, then that'll lead them back home." And, you know, it's, it, that's the whole thing is that if if he goes, it'll lead them back to the house
1: or something dumb like that. Yes, he'll ruin this this utopian society that they've created <laughs> in this fucking attic. <laughs> An attic full of bliss. So so Granny Ruth says, "Do I have your word on that?" And he says yes and then she's like it's gonna be like old times which, which really doesn't make any sense. Not yet until I well even <laughs> then no it doesn't does it? It doesn't really but it's okay because the next scene <laughs> Granny <laughs> Ruth is wearing a baptismal gown for no apparent reason is <laughs> acting very preacherly yeah. <sighs> so strange and she's looking up at the sky pious and like Talking a load of bullshit, and Susan and Dwayne and are accompanying her, and then they go over to the wall, and there's this pearl, like, porcelain handle sticking out of this little cubby in the wall, and she tilts it, and then the secret door opens, and they magically have, like, this secret elevator that goes to the attic. And, like, why, why did she use that attic stairway earlier? And why... So she has, it's a house with an attic, and there's access to the attic. Why does she have a secret elevator? Is it because of Spider Baby? (laughs) I
0: think so, maybe.
1: I just, I'm always thinking, like, these weird parallels always pop up, like the the grocery guy who shows up in the house, (laughs) and he's like... Mrs. Boner Pumper or whatever her name is <laughs> he finds Granny Granny hanging in the uh, in the room, but anyways, uh, <laughs> so they go they take they go up this ridiculous elevator with like nine like extra security doors and everything, and like those elevator doors, those accordion doors or whatever. And then they get up there and they get up in there, and she's like, <laughs> "It's so ridiculous." She she has this rousing speech where she's gathered the, the crew. And she's she's basically, you know, getting them hyped up to to kill because, uh, you know, they're they're being threatened and directly, and the only way to solve this is to to kill. Yeah. But she understands. To be fair, <laughs> unless you, we we all need to do to do our part or whatever. Unless, of course, you have a philosophical opposition to violence. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "What? Yeah. What the fuck? What was that?" <laughs> Just a little nod to conscientious objectors. More... Yeah, that was that was very strange.
0: She does, and, and then she does reach out and hold um a, a niece the the, the niece? poet's yeah. hand whenever she yeah. says that. So I guess that's the conclusion to the fact that she's a poet that she wouldn't do a war
1: it was probably actually that's actually probably like a a little bit of a joke just making fun of like the poet is peaceful kind of thing I guess so the the sensitive artist can't (laughs) possibly be violent or whatever it's ridiculous (laughs) so anyways then she ends her speech with this this overly dramatic like completely over the top do we flee or do we fight (laughs) (laughs) and then they're all (laughs) Well, it's it's really offensive. Yeah,
0: it's uh it's not good. And I've gotta I've gotta throw this in there. That was ad-libbed. They they were like, We're gonna follow you with the camera. Here's like what the type of thing we want you to do. Now just go for it. Don't worry about the camera. We'll do the camera, we'll follow you around, we'll take care of that. You just do your thing. And so that was her
1: going after it, and man wow. did she she delivered wow that's fantastic actually that's really great because it's i mean it's you know i yes if you're looking for you know like real theater or real drama you know you've obviously come to the wrong place the the whole idea here is to have fun just go for it you know and everybody in this movie goes for it oh yeah she's right up there with with uh with Dwayne I can't think of, I can never say his name Frank Henton 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 Rick or something Henton he gives a great performance she gives a great performance because that because it's just so over the top and I guess along those lines you could say that like Artie does a great job too because he's intentionally supposed to be obnoxious oh man yeah just, and he's great at it you know and that's part of what makes this movie so fun is nobody's taking anything even remotely seriously <laughs> it's so good it's great <laughs> So speaking of Artie, he he sneaks into the house or he sneaks up to the house and he hears he sees and hears Dwayne on the phone. Dwayne is doing his little subterfuge red herring phone call, Um, you know, like, oh, yeah, Bilal, he's very sick. He can't even leave. Uh, And Granny had to go get him that medicine and he's just stuck in the attic and. I don't know what we're going to do again. It's just all this bullshit. Yeah. And of course the artie buys it. Like, and so, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh. <laughs> so he, he climbs in the window, you know, like he thinks he's fucking slick and he gets to the ladder to the attic and, uh, he, you know, almost runs into Kevin quote unquote, even though obvious, I mean, yeah. Kevin almost runs into Dwayne, even though it's obvious that Dwayne he knows he's there. And, he gets up, so basically he climbs up the, uh, the ladder, he gets up into the, he gets up to the, like, hatch door, the trap door that goes into the attic, lifts it up just a little bit, and peeks up through, and he's got, like, two cameras. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. One with a flash. So he's got, the, he's holding up the camera with the flash, and it's all dark, and he, goes to he says something i forget what he, he says he's, some stupid he's
0: talking to belial about all right that's right it's like you know be calm i just want to take a few pictures and like all of <laughs> this stuff it's like but it's a little bit dark in here so i'm gonna have to use the flash so so don't be scared or anything like that and then he starts <laughs> taking pictures he says say cheese that's
1: right. say cheese and he goes click and then the the flash goes and you see the whole crew just standing there <laughs> it's actually pretty creepy i have to say yeah for, for considering how cartoonish and silly they look, that was actually a little scary.
0: Yep, yep. And then he just starts doing the the flashbulb over and over again, and each time they're either a little bit closer or just in a, like, different tableau. Kind yeah. Of. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty awesome.
1: <laughs> and then he just happens to turn to the side and takes a couple flashes, and he sees Belial crawling towards him. And... <laughs> blile grabs him and then we see his feet get pulled up through the hatch and then the crew all stands there while belial absolutely fucking mortifies him yeah and rips his face off Yep. Yeah. although we don't really see that but he kills him. and but but it as it's going on one of the other members of the group has his camera and is still doing the flash so as marcy's sitting out in her car she's seeing the silhouette of Artie getting annihilated in the window <laughs> with the flash going off over. And it's a great idea. It, it was a great scene.
0: It's fantastic. Uh, a little bit, maybe a uh, a uh, uh, tip of the hat to rear window. Cause like, isn't yeah. that the, the, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's right. With the flash. Yeah. 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 Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's, that's fucking genius. Good stuff. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta love that. Good job, Frank. So, Oh, good. Nice call, Frank. Uh so Marcy goes home and she calls up her her buddy Detective Phil, who's like a private dick, I guess. And uh she calls him up and uh she calls up her buddy Dr. Dr. Phil. Dr. <laughs> <She's>, Phil. <laughs> fuck fuck me in the balls. Anyways, she calls up her buddy uh Detective Phil, who's played by a guy named Ted Sorrel. Ted uh, played Doc- Dr. Edward Pretorius in Stuart Gordon's 1986 adaptation of From Beyond, a absolute fucking classic. Yeah. Uh, alongside Jeffrey Combs and-, and the delightful and always charming Barbara Crampton. I love Barbara Crampton. She's a g- g- great lady,
0: fantastic person. Also, uh, he was in a 1993 episode of Star Trek-, Star Trek Deep Space Nine as a Bajoran named Caval.
1: Just in case anyone who listens to the show likes Star Wars, wait,
0: oh God damn, it. Yeah, yeah. Battlestar, <laughs> <Galactica>. every time. <laughs>
1: Just in case someone listening likes Buck Rogers, R two D two is my favorite Doctor Who. <laughs> God, I'm an idiot. Okay, well, carrying on, and uh, yeah, that was that. By by the way, that whole section right there was really smooth. Oh, us, so good at yeah. this. Me, me, particularly oh, you. You did fine.
0: Yeah, the part where I was just like pointing off to the side where things were, but I couldn't tell which direction it actually shows to you, so I just <laughs> pointed both ways.
1: <laughs> I'm using a I'm using a single monitor, so I'm splitting the screen between the, the the feed and the you know and my my like notes and stuff or the notes, and so I can't I can't even see. The, the the chat column. <laughs> so you're just sitting there pointing in the corner, and I'm like, "What? what? Is, is there somebody <laughs> in my <laughs> kitchen? <laughs> what the fuck is he doing?" <laughs> We're
0: so fucking good at this.
1: <laughs> hey, I mean, to be fair, we've only been doing it a year. Only. <laughs>
0: We haven't quite hit a hundred recording hours so you know it's still amateur time
1: <laughs> oh my god oh I'm dying inside
0: <laughs> next time I'll actually incorporate <sighs> the actor stuff into the into the summary notes
1: no but it's so funny yeah. I knew this was gonna happen <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, I'm dying. Okay. Get yourself together. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm not (laughs) editing any of this out. This is gold.
1: (laughs) This is what will get us fans. (laughs) So she, she meets with Dr. Detective Phil Mm -hmm. and, uh, he lays the same fucking bullshit about the, the freak show out West. I had to, I had to risk you. A freak from the commune out west. Like, yeah, you're so... yeah. You had to rescue a freak from a commune. <laughs> you Clearly a big heart. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's okay, whatever. That's a whole other... There's a whole other movie you could make right there. The Freak commune. Oh, yeah. A prequel. Out west. A prequel. Yes. Oh, dear God. <laughs> so... Oh, my God. So he, he calls Susan. And uh, he talks to Dwayne. He convinces her to give the phone to Dwayne. Because he's, you know, strong arms or whatever. And uh, he gets Dwayne to agree to meet him at this bar, which this bar is great. It's like Clancy's bar, it's a seedy bar. So they're in the bar, and and Phil's like, wait, wait.
0: No, I forgot cuz he's like he's like doing a prank style call like where he's like <laughs> he, he's like oh yeah they're buying it. <laughs> it that's right. Like, oh yeah, you have to if you don't uh do the the thing it's gonna you don't want to do that like call in the cavalry or something like that. It's, oh, that's right. Yeah. I'll call in the
1: cavalry. I'll have that place crawling with reporters <laughs> yeah. or whatever. He's like they are buying it. <laughs> that's So ridiculous. <laughs> So he, he he you know he, he gets Dwayne to meet him at this bar, and Dwayne is like, I'm pretty sure Dwayne is about nine feet tall because he just he's sitting in that bar booth, and it's like he looks like he can't move like he's he's just like like up like a board like all stiff. Yeah.
0: If you've ever had a tall friend sit in the back seat of your pickup truck, he looks like that.
1: Yes, he's got a PBR in front of him that he hasn't had any of. Yeah. And then a glass and a PBR for Phil, and <laughs> Phil sits down and immediately starts trying to muscle Dwayne into you know like giving him the giving him the skinny basically. Mm-hmm. And so they have this this discussion. It's ridiculous. At one point, Phil's like, "I'm out of here." And then he sits. He's like, "Now hold on, now hold on. You haven't even finished your beer. <laughs> you haven't even started your fucking beer." And
0: Detective <laughs> Phil spends a long time telling him how handsome he is and how. Any lady would like to see his penis.
1: Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous. He's like, (laughs) you he's like, you're even goddamn good looking. Oh, man. It's like, wait, where are we going with this? (laughs) What bar Uh, are we in? Why is his head going under the table? (laughs) None of that, young young man. (laughs) So while they're having this conversation, in the meantime, a extremely large person walks by. (laughs) <laughs> not it's like so obvious that it's it's the the tall one is it freddie hey, frederick whatever yeah frederick is it's so obvious that it's him <laughs> he walks by and i'm like oh god this whole place is t- has been taken over <laughs> i know that's what's gonna happen of course that's what's happened yes <laughs> and it's so ridiculous like he <laughs> he says something like he's gonna leave or whatever and then Dwayne starts giving him this horse shit about uh, whatever and all of a sudden like the bartender turns and looks at them and has this be- mask, this terrible mask on, this like featureless mask. He takes it off and then the other patrons turn around it's, I mean it's like the only thing disguising them is this tiny little mask when some of their heads are like the size of a beanbag yeah, chair. Yeah,
0: it- right it's like these these little tiny tidy face masks that it just like just covers their like I think it's with Frederick his eyes are sticking up over the top of the mask and he's just like he like pulls it off of his nose and mouth
1: yeah he like sticks his fingers in the eye holes yeah. and, pulls the... and <laughs> all their all their masks are tied on with like shoestrings because their heads are so big they can't use rubber bands <laughs> So, oh, surprise, surprise, Phil, they've somehow managed to take over an entire bar in a city that no one notices. <laughs> and so now he's cornered and he's, you know, uh, what, uh, what the hell's going on here? Uh, 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 uh. That's so ridiculous. He's sitting there and he's talking shit with Dwayne and and uh, he at one point he says, what the hell's going on here? Dwayne says, no, Dwayne asks him, he says, what does he say to him? He says, me and... uh." And uh, what's, what is, what's your name again or something? And the guy says, what the hell is going on here? And he goes, me and what the hell is going on here? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. It was great. So he gets backed up to the, you know, they back him into the stock room, essentially, which is super brightly lit. And as soon as he gets in the stock room, we see stacks and stacks of mostly jolt cans stacked <laughs> in those cardboard Boxes. Of course they're all empty, which we soon yeah. find out. And Belial's in there waiting for him and he gets completely bullied. He pulls his he's still got his gun and he's, he's fighting with Belial and they, they fall to the floor, stuff's getting knocked all over the place. He loses the gun. He's he's Belial's obviously got the upper hand, but he like somehow manages to get the gun, and then we see back from the bar point of view, we see that great light through the door bullet hole shot where it's like <laughs> <coughs> and the light for <laughs> beams come through. I was like nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> and then they fight some more and then he blah, the first of two times in the movie where somebody back first comes through an opening. Yeah. <laughs> in this case, it's him through the thinnest paneling door I've ever seen. Oh
0: man, but but not until after there's that scene. Uh, there's the little like the the little pane of glass window in the door. Oh, that's right. And, and somehow, even though he has no legs, Belial pushes this guy's face into the glass and just like smears it in, so you can see like the blood coming out against the pane of glass.
1: So good. Belial and physics really don't get along. Not
0: super great.
1: Remember in the in the first movie, there's that scene where he picks Dwayne up by his dick and like, like, it's just physically impossible. Yeah. He just, he just grabs him by the dick and just lifts him up off the ground. It's like, okay, whatever. But this is also the same
0: guy that can adhere to the side of a wall using his giant guts scrotum.
1: That's right, and somehow, somewhere, has a penis. Yeah, (laughs) maybe he just is a penis. I don't know. Shit, is a penis. (laughs) So he kills the guy, and they they show him laying on the floor. His 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 (laughs) lip supposed to look like he tore his lip off, but half his lip has prosthetic teeth put on it. So it's like his lip just kinda of turns into teeth. It's supposed to look like it's ripped off, but Yeah. Yeah. I the, <laughs> didn't even try. The
0: idea <laughs> is that he like ripped off the like right side of his upper and lower lip, but left the other side of his lips intact. It doesn't look great, but it, it gets the point across of ripping faces off.
1: It does, it's true. And it and it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. I mean at once again, it's just it's a wonderful shot. the whole scene the whole scene is great. yeah,
0: yeah. and and of course, while they're fighting, they're just empty jolt cola cans being flung around everywhere. <laughs> just
1: and just jolt a room. yeah
0: And one of the things that I appreciated the most about this movie is whenever the cop has his gun out, you can see that it's not a real gun because there is no barrel. It's just it's just <laughs> flat metal, which is great. You know what happens when you don't use a real gun on set? People don't get shot to death.
1: <laughs> yes, Alec Baldwin doesn't murder anyone.
0: Yeah, great job, Frank Henenlauter, for not using a real gun. <laughs> yes, Jesus God. Oh, um, so they go through the police officer's possessions, and they find marcy's address this is where we find out that it figures that she would be in flushing okay thank you new york Uh, Great. and they they head over for her place we see her she just got out of the shower frank hennenlotter was like do we show her naked doing a shower no let's not let's just uh not do that again that's pretty cool uh, restraint yeah restraint not something you get a lot of in these types of movies <laughs> um, and they do a home invasion there's it's actually a pretty elongated shot of her just like going through rooms from the bathroom to the living room do a phone call hey it's Marcy is de- you know I'm calling for Detective Phil he's not there Go into the other room and then all of a sudden Dwayne is just there and she's like yeah oh.
1: well it- as you remember, she goes, she's, her hair's wet, she goes into the bathroom for the 80th time, turns on her hair dryer, mm-hmm. blows her hair for about four seconds, <laughs> just long enough to go into the living room and realize somebody has smashed in her window. Yes. <laughs> it's yeah. like, ah, okay, that's why she only dried her hair for four seconds.
0: <laughs> yeah, just, just long enough. And then Dwayne's there, and he talks to her. He does some really like gross, menacing talk. It's it's pretty upsetting.
1: It is. And
0: uh, and then all of a sudden, her entire apartment is full of the family. They're just all there, uh, but none of them are going to do a bad thing except uh, Belial. He's like, oh, but you know, Belial's in here, and you said some uh, uh, mean things about him, and he just wants to talk to you. The quote is. He figured you could ask him a few questions, get to know him a little bit. Then he could rip your face off. No big deal. And it's just, <laughs> it's just, um, it's Kevin Van Hintenrick at his most excellent. It's yeah, he
1: is great there. So good. No big deal. No
0: big deal. Uh, and then she grabs a very long butcher's knife and it's great because we're we're getting this like in her face cam and she's got it up stabby style and it's pointed at the camera and it's just so long and ridiculous and and <laughs> I love it um and uh, uh, and then she like starts saying stuff about she's like all right and she's surrounded by all of these people uh, and and she's like all right fine fine and so she's like down for it she's like where is he I want to carve up his sick little face and um, and he's not in the basket he's like oh he must be around here somewhere and then they see that there's like a a different wicker basket there and so Kevin Van Hintenrick, AKA Dwayne is like. What's in the basket? Which is, you know, the famous line from the first movie where everyone kept asking what's in the basket. So she uh, goes to the basket and um, Lyle's in there and he flings at her and we get this really elongated fight scene again. And this one ends instead of with the dumb tooth lips, she has her face, like part of her face, Twisted up and off, and it kind of looks like a scene from Hellraiser. Uh, and, and it's just like what, even like her, her like teeth and gums have been like sucked up into it, like a like a tube of toothpaste that you're trying to get the last drop out of. And it's fucking awesome.
1: It is amazing looking. It's it's like her face is suddenly made out of taffy. Yes. It was all stretched and twisted up. It's it's amazing. Oh,
0: so good. I love that in this movie, like the the ultimate bad guy is a news reporter trying to find murder suspects. Yeah. And and it, it, it this movie is just delighting in the the her being hunted down, uh menaced, and murdered in her own residence. <laughs> Sure, why not? Yeah, it is a horror movie. It's just being told the other way. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. And then to to celebrate their great success, there is a a picnic back at the house. uh there's lots of granny ruth going around like oh, okay well there's soda like each one she goes up and she's got like some dumb nonsense to say to each one like oh i know you've already had this many of this thing and then others like oh eat all you want it's fine we have so much
1: food i like how the piano teeth is eating corn but he's not using his teeth <laughs>
0: yeah he's eating corn on the cop and he's just he shoves it up underneath his teeth into like an actual mouth part and eats it in there and then brings it back out. All of it, all of it is now like we're just seeing. What if each one of the people playing these characters tried to use their big stupid latex gloves and try to make it look like the mask that they're wearing is eating food, and they do it with varying degrees of success. And uh, it's pretty.
1: I oh, like the frog. Yeah. yeah, the frog guy. Where like. The inside of his mouth is fabric, so that the actor can see out. And there's a little rut in the bottom, so he's like taking bits of food and just he's reaching into a jar of like tadpoles or something. I don't know what the fuck is in there, and putting whatever it is inside the little fold into his mouth, so it looks like he's eating. It's sus. So, it's great.
0: It is. It is fantastic. One of them like try put something in their mouth and then takes one of those uh, like picnic style tubes of uh, um, uh, ketchup. Or no mustard, and just squirts it into his mouth. But you can see that no no mustard. Nothing came out, comes so it's out. It's just like ah, <laughs> they're all making like happy growl noises. Uh, it's like a, a party in the graveyard style novelty songs.
1: Yeah, the music is horrendous.
0: Oh, and it's great. I love it. <laughs> it is, but but yes, it, the the quality of it is horrific.
1: Yeah, you oh, you froze up for a second there, but you were talking about squeezing the mustard and nothing comes out. Oh
0: yeah, I love talking about
1: squeezing the mustard. <laughs> there there's one of them is wearing a brand new like absolutely brand new right out of the box Jolt Cola t-shirt. <laughs> God, I need one of those. <laughs> and it made me like this that this whole section was making me think that it would be it would be so hilarious to make a horror movie with tons of like basically the film was just comprised of redone scenes from different horror movies put together, like overlapping like the death dream picnic with this picnic. And then the opening scene from the pit where they're having the, the, the Halloween costume party, I have it all just kind of mixed. Like the, the people from the pit are there. And then like the freaks are there with the jolt cold shirt. And then the family from death dream is there. And then the dog gets tortured or whatever. And I don't you know. it's like, just goes on and on. That's a great idea. It's <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. It
0: could be. Uh, it could be part of Frank Henenlotter's plans for Basket Case Four because apparently he does have an idea of what he would do for Basket Case Four, four oh, but he wow. hasn't led on, on to what that is. Oh wow! Yes. Amazing. We should pretend that this uh, this show is sponsored by Jolt Cola and just yes. Just do add copy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. This movie, this movie takes a, a turn now. Yeah. This is kind of like the first movie where it's it's pretty silly and whatever, you know, there are murders and stuff, and then then toward in the third act it just it just goes after it. Shit gets real. <laughs> this this movie goes after it right about here. Um Dwayne uh, and Granny Ruth asks Susan where where the brothers are. They should be here celebrating. She's like, oh, well, Belial is upstairs with Eve. Isn't it cute? And she was like, oh, yeah, but what about, uh, what about Dwayne? And she's like, I don't know, but I want to put on a sweater anyway, so I will go inside and, and look for him. And uh, she finds Dwayne. He's just sitting on his bed thinking hard, and they start talking uh again he brings up the fact that they should leave together and and she disagrees she says that um, uh, that she's one of them that you know she she doesn't want to leave she wants to stay here this is where she belongs and that they you know basically it's it's not going super happy he gets all like forcefully kissy and stuff it's weird uh then we get it it starts splitting the scenes between that and up in the attic we see um dwayne starts feeling belial and he gets like that twitchy like headache business that he was getting earlier on and he's like oh i can feel something going on with belial susan is like oh that's cute you can feel that he's also in love (laughs) and uh upstairs we see belial and eve are doing doing the foreplay including like like we see we get a better look at her and it's just it's just she's also a lump but but her face is uh played by the same actress that plays susan and it's it's much clearer. It's um, it's Heather Rattray some more, and and also she has the pretty pretty lady hand, and uh, and they're they're doing smooches, and and uh, Belial finds a particular lump on her that he's interested in. We get a close up of his hand like getting this one random lump and just Ugh.
1: just squeezing it. They're just doing the tumor tussle.
0: Oh man, it, it looks like like it's going to evacuate something, but nothing does go. <laughs> so out. disgusting. It is it is so, so good. Um and then we 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 get a a really long, very society-esque shunty scene of Belial and Eve doing a, a chewing gum style
1: fuck. <laughs> so it is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, she uh Eve has a a malformed leg with a floppy foot at a bad angle <laughs> yeah. and and every with every thrust it's just like flopping back and forth <laughs> and, and, and like her face is pushed into the like railing and you see Belial up, up behind her just doing toothy good grunt business
1: and and it 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 goes it really goes for it yeah they they don't show you like a second of it either they they show you quite a bit of it
0: it is it is we we don't see the um the genitals, but no. other than that, we get to see a whole lot.
1: Yes, it's just a lot of humping. <laughs> a lot of humping, yes. <laughs> it's so disgusting.
0: <laughs> and of course, uh-huh. Dwayne can feel all of this happening psychically. <laughs>
1: oh, that's glorious! Delightful. Thank you Frank. I mean, you you can't I mean you can't go wrong with that. That's just pure good just it's again oh, chef's yes.
0: kiss. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I don't know why more horror movies don't do this. <laughs>
1: So, which, of course, by the way, as you probably remember, uh, Basket Case 3 starts with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You gotta... Just in case you forgot. Yeah, well,
0: it's flashing back to the most important moment for Basket Case 3, which I'm sure we won't review one year from today.
1: Nope. Not going to be doing the humping tumor. We'll pick up where the humping tumor's left off. What could
0: that possibly movie be about?
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. So... Oh, God. So Dwayne is with Susan. They're on the bed. Dwayne is feeling what Belial was feeling, but at the same time, feeling this deep love and and desire for Susan. But she explains to him that, well, she had been with somebody once before, uh, many years ago. And um, that was just like that was her one encounter and uh, that she can't have sex with him now because she's pregnant but she's been pregnant for the last six years. Fuck
0: yes. Yeah, it's whenever he starts getting after them buttons, and she's like, no, wait. And he's like, oh, I don't care if you had sex before. That's not a problem. And then
1: she's like, oh, it's a little bit more than that. I've been pregnant for the last six years. He just doesn't want to leave. (laughs) He's like, what? (laughs) she, She opens her shirt Like, you see this weird starish shaped scar. She puts her hands on it and kind of pushes. Like
0: a pimple. Like a huge pimple.
1: She pops. She pops it. And then it comes out. It's a giant slimy hand puppet that is like a combination face hugger. Not face hugger. Chest burster. And a little shop of horrors. And penis. It's so, it's like, what the fuck? It's an arm hand puppet. It's so obviously yeah. like a guy's hand going by the head.
0: With like the, the like mushroom shaped penis head thing and, oh, yeah. and the teeth yeah. and the slime and the oh, all yeah. the flesh colors. Oh,
1: and it It's just, so good. It
0: just rises up out of her belly and like, nah, 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 and looks at Dwight. I love it.
1: <laughs> right in his face. It's fucking it is glorious. <sighs> it is unparalleled oh god and then oh man, it's i i mean i can't there's there are no words to describe and then we see uh Blyle finally <laughs> finally nuts <laughs> 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 which Dwayne senses of course uh but in the meantime Dwayne and and susan are he Dwayne freaks the fuck out yeah because yeah he he you know he wasn't expecting that even though everybody anybody who was watching the movie was expecting it and uh <laughs> so he's freaking out they're kind of like she's trying to get him to calm down but he's just he's just too like uh, he's just too cranked up so he ends up accidentally pushing her out the window it like the second time that a character gets pushed back first out of a (laughs) out of an opening a, a flimsy barrier yes right as right but right before that happens we we see the picnic group and granny says i wonder where susan is <laughs> <laughs> and then, poosh, through the glass window she falls her shoe comes off she lands right square in the middle of the picnic table and everybody's like
0: oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's again i mean i can only describe it as shakespearean <laughs> yes it is it is so perfect oh oh and then granny ruth is like she, she basically is like let's go get go get Dwayne, but, go get him but not before like whenever whenever
0: susan crashes onto the table granny ruth checks for a pulse real quick mm. And mm-hmm. then does the the eyelids close thing? Like oh, she's dead. Oh. And one of That's the right. one of the tumor tumory guys does the whole no <laughs> up at That's the right.
1: sky. <laughs> I forgot about that part, the Superman part. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> uh, and then she sends them in. She sicks them on Dwayne. And in the meantime, Dwayne is in the toy room, freaking the fuck out still, you know, like first you see him, he's kind of like almost semi catatonic leaving the room. He's just like, <laughs> and then he goes into the toy room and he's, he dumps out one of the toy chests and he gets this baseball bat and he, he confronts, he, he goes up and confronts Belial. And meantime, like all the, the, the family or whatever are combing through the, through the house like the Keystone cops, just like wandering around. There's latex going every direction. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, so they're trying to find Dwayne, but Dwayne's already made it up to the, the attic. So he gets up to the attic, confronts Belial, clocks him with the baseball bat.
0: He says, Can I talk to you a minute? And then just
1: womp. <laughs> clobbers him. And yeah, uh, you know, they're they're still looking and then Dwayne well yeah no Dwayne's got he's got him in the in the uh playroom or whatever they call it so he's in there he's talking to him and as he's talking to him he pulls up the sewing needle and he's he's holding him as he whenever he's carrying him around in the movie he just holds him against where his scar is basically and you know Belial just hangs there because it's just a big lump of latex it's so great they don't even try to animate him he just (laughs) just piece of rubber just kind of hanging there so he's like talking to Belial (laughs) Belial's just looking up with no expression on his face because they're not even trying to animate it. He's just <laughs> it's just this dead face just looking and then he pulls out this giant sewing needle and stitches Belial to his back, to his chest and then Granny Ruth comes in with the whole crew and she's all, no! Dwayne or whatever and he oh god, it's amazing and he, he there's blood everywhere like fake blood splattering all the dolls and it's so fake looking it's ridiculous and so he's he stitches him back on and then she comes in you know no what have you done and he's so magically fused to Dwayne again it doesn't make any sense and Dwayne just kind of looks up kind of like past the camera and says hey it's okay we're together again and then he laughs like a complete asshole Movie over, and then he laughs over about a minute and a half of the credits, yes. just like another movie that we've yes.
0: <laughs> Fantastic!
1: Oh, oh man! I mean, unbelievable! What I mean, what a great sequel! <laughs> it is. It is up there with the greatest sequels of all time. <laughs> It is a, it is definitely another classic by Frank Anabar. Oh man, that scene where he's
0: stitching Belial into him. Every time the needle goes in, there's just like a squirt of blood, and it'll like go across his face, or you know, it, it's so good. Oh, it's my Belial's god. like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, so I have to throw this in there that uh the the gross penis baby hand puppet mm-hmm. that was their second idea the first idea was for her to have some really gross vagina business happening and then someone that's, was like that's what
1: i was expecting yeah
0: yeah that's what everyone was going towards but someone somewhere along the way was like nah what if we did what if we did like a, a alien chess buster instead type thing
1: uh they should have gone with the mouth-gina. Yeah,
0: vagina dentata.
1: Yeah, and another overlap.
0: Yeah, (laughs) of a much later movie.
1: (laughs) Much later movie, yeah. Another fine one.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this movie is, uh, it's amazing, and I I love the fact that it's just a silly comedy, um, until the very end, where it gets hardcore about a lot of different things.
1: Um, I love it. It's it's fantastic. I loved it too. I had so much fun watching it all the times I watched it. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah uh
0: i don't know exactly what's up like why they decided to make belial look all the different ways but i know that gabe Bartalos made a bunch of different belials for this movie including a scaled down one because they had to make a smaller one you notice whenever you see belial and the basket in the same shot he's not really the right size to fit in it
1: mm-hmm.
0: so they had to make a smaller belial for the shots where he like catapults out of the basket so
1: they just where you can see the spring pushing him out yes! it looks like almost yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous yes.
0: there's also Ugh. a scene in um uh at the beginning whenever he's getting the the security guard police officer guy where you could see like his ass opening flap where the like puppetry would go in mm-hmm. it's fantastic i i love this movie the 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 low budget charm is there while still just being spectacular to look at.
1: It really is a worthy successor. Yes.
0: Oh man. Oh man. I love it so much. I'm so happy that we got to watch this. <laughs> Uh Frank Henenlotter, you're amazing. Please come back to making movies, maybe. Or if you don't like that, that's fine. I guess don't. But it'd be cool if you made another movie.
1: Oh god. I, yeah, especially if you made part 4. Yeah.
0: Well, he he's super depressed like people have been asking him to make part 4 for a long time, but part 3 is so bad that he didn't want to do part 4 for like he he stopped making movies for oh. years because of how b- bad part 3 is. Yikes. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs>
1: still watching it oh yeah did you you saw the exact title of it right oh i i had it pulled up but i didn't even catch it what was it it's it's basket case three the progeny
0: <laughs> what the fuck yeah it's like
1: it's trying to be all serious
0: yeah well i mean if you've if you've got belial <sighs> fucking eve in this movie what are you gonna yeah. do in part three Oh, wow. The progeny. <laughs> Maybe wow. make it a road trip movie with a musical number. <laughs> uh. Ooh. Yes. Yes. So look forward to that one year from now, I guess, because I think that's what we'll probably be doing. I love it. Yeah. Very cool. All right, John, if you had to give this movie a loathsome rating of somewhere between zero and five loathsome of things, what would you give this movie uh let me pull up i wonder what we did what what did we rate the first one
1: (laughs) five i don't think think i gave it a five and you gave it a four
0: i don't think so
1: (laughs) let's see um
0: oh you're right yeah five and four it's a it's a nine yeah yeah
1: that's right wow wow good memory (laughs) i think i listened to that episode fairly recently I get a kick out of these episodes. I actually listened to them. Um, I, I'm going to give this movie. <laughs> I'm going to give this movie a 3.7. 3.7. Nice. Yeah. I was going to go. Uh, I because I didn't want to give it a four. It just. It just seemed like I, I think I overdid it by giving it a the first one a five. Mm-hmm. But I just I just enjoyed it so much. <laughs> I just was like I was so excited that I just gave it a five. <laughs> and, and then you gave it a 4 and immediately i was like yeah it's probably more of a 4 than a 5 <laughs> so for this one i'm like i'll, I'll aim a little high i'm going to give it a 3.7 I, it i certainly don't think it's a 4 but it's better than it's better than middle of the road it's 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 a lot of fun uh, uh, how about you
0: i gave it a 2.9 it's it's really not that good of a movie like as far as right. like if if you were watching this on its own you would be like what the f- fuck is mm, this mm, this is complete mm-hmm. nonsense it is it is only good as a sequel all of its quality is like it, it has its own charm but it's so much dependent on that context it's also not really super a horror movie which is kind of like True. one of my grading criteria is how much of a horror movie it is um, fair enough. Yeah, but but that said, so it's just it's just a little micro notch below a three, which is still yeah. all on its own worth watching. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, watch okay. it. Yeah. But uh, it's just it. I I I I tagged it down a little because it's
1: just not there. It's a little nichey, to be fair, and uh, it's not it's not for. I mean, even for people who generally like horror movies, it may not necessarily be your thing. And because you know, I mean, like you said, you. <laughs> It's, it's going to be useless if you haven't seen the first one yeah and the first one's probably not a lot of people's cup of tea so this one i'm sure would be just like 19 you know it's it's the 90s now and the you know it's got that 90s look to it the the latex is just ridiculous like oh man comical i mean yeah i mean i think that i think that's a, a fair a fair rating
0: <laughs> yeah. and it comes out to a nice little round number for us that's a I'm going to go ahead and add an extra digit on the end just for, for yeah. the for the sake. Just to uh, round it two, out. Yeah, 2.9 and 3.7 come together to be a 6.66 loathsome some things out of 10. Yeah, we got one. <laughs>
1: we did it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'll make yours a, a 3.73 and mine a 2.93. There we go, 6.66. <laughs> 6 perfect (laughs) very nice uh i i would watch this again i would review this again a little part of me was thinking if we're gonna name the episode basket case 2 we could just rewatch basket case and do another one but but this is this is way better uh go watch it if you haven't uh and watch the first one it's it's great um god it it, it is enjoyable it's just not high quality
1: (laughs) it's not yeah. it's not it's it's schlock through and through um there's there's definitely a gritty charm to the first movie that that is writing kind of the coattails of the 80s and that nasty New York City I mean this movie takes place it's supposed to take place in Staten Island so it was shot in New Jersey and you know and it you're you're losing you're losing that immediately losing the charm of New York City, and the and the the disgusting on screen only charm of the Brosnan Hotel. Oh, which uh, it does not exist. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, I thought it did exist. Didn't we say that it existed in the first episode? Yeah. You.
0: Uh, I. So if you watch that, the making of. It, tur- uh-huh. it turns out that um, they couldn't afford to do anything like that. And if you pay close enough attention, when people are going up and down the hallway of the Broslin Hotel, the walls flap in the breeze. Apparently, they're <laughs> they're just canvas. And um, the- <laughs> if you. It- the credits you know how there it has like a full credits they uh they made up the credits for that movie because they didn't just want it to be the same six names over and over again so they just came up with a bunch of people's names and to fill it out, they added that thing where they thanked the the owners operators and and residents of the hotel Broslin. Uh, in order really? to add more to the end credits, the sign hotel uh, the Broslin or whatever is just one that they found and they hung it outside of Kevin's pent like his uh his uh like studio apartment. They hung it from oh. the um, fire escape and for those shots, that's amazing. Yes, yeah, there is there is just so so few people working on the movie that they. They just made up the end credits to make it seem more legit.
1: That is, that just makes it even more endearing. That's amazing. Yes.
0: His plan for the first movie was that no one would see it. He just wanted to have made a movie and to have put it out so that he could say he could. And, uh, and then stuff happened and it got really, really popular and Joe Bob Briggs got involved and all of the stuff.
1: And it hit the MoMA.
0: Yeah yeah exactly amazing it, it made it all the way to moma and he's like what the fuck
1: oh <laughs> uh, it's so it's such a great document of new york 80s though oh
0: yeah yeah but yeah no it's a great it's a great movie go watch the making of the basket case trilogy it's it's out there and you can watch it and it's full of fun tiddly bits oh uh, shit Including all of Frank's disappointments with the third movie and 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 all of all of the things. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Um, I think it's Beverly. Yeah. Beverly Bonner has been in every single Frank Henenlotter movie.
1: God bless her yeah
0: he he liked her he saw her in one of uh, I forget which one it was uh, one of the Divine movies oh. that uh, his first short was like played in front of and he liked her so much that he got her to be in Basket Case and then he wanted her to be in every movie since wow
1: I think she's she's passed away now if I remember correctly
0: probably she was she was that documentary is a little over 10 years old and she was looking pretty rough she even made a joke she was like if you want to see how badly i've aged come on down and pay me some money and we can run through the script of basket case together Oh dear god poor thing Yeah.
1: yeah oh wow
0: so if uh, if you would like to leave us a rating or review so other people can find us or suggest a movie or ask us a question or mock us for our weird technical difficulties that you can probably hear little bits of in the podcast, you can reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at LoathsomePod or on Facebook at LoathsomePodcast. Or you can email us at LoathsomeThings at gmail.com.
1: And yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Try not to die. And look forward. Oh shit. (laughs) I can cut that part out. And then it's an end of the episode. Yes. (laughs) I couldn't even remember if that's what I say. I can always do it again.
0: It's I'm sorry you'll all have to die. There
1: you go. So what were you gonna say? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, thanks for listening, and I'm sorry you all have to die.